Welcome to the show, Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Light 365, iHeartRadio. We have one of the nicest up and coming all the way out of Memphis, who goes by the name of Fresco Trey. Fresco Trey, what's going on, man? Man, just chilling, enjoying this weather out of California. Nothing too crazy, you know. How you like LA, being from Memphis? Huh? How do you like LA, being from Memphis? Um, you know, I don't know too much being in LA. I'm like, I'm like Southern California. Southern, right? Yeah, I'm like more Southern California, so. I really don't get the LA life too much as as far as just like chilling. But you know, when I'm working, I go there and I go to studios. I got a studio session tonight in LA, so it's cool working in LA. You get a lot of creative minds around. But I like to be in SoCal. It's it's cool out here. It's chill. You know, not too much going on. A lot of important things going on in the world. I respect your T-shirt. You got a Dennis Rodman shirt on. For sure, yes sir. Shout out Coach King. They supplied me with the drip, man. Yes, sir. The, one of the all-time greats, and, and we'll get into another great that you have a great relationship later in the interview, but I saw that you were very passionate before we get right into Heartbreak Diaries, too, about what occurred yesterday, and we know with the, the mass shooting that was going on, because I heard that your nephew, just reading on Twitter, actually graduated kindergarten, and you said that you couldn't celebrate it in the right way. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a sensitive, sensitive subject, bro, and, you know, with everything that's going on, you know, who coming numb to it, you know, I had I just got the phone with a friend, you know, uh, and she was telling me she was just like, you know, it happens all the time, and that's like that's kind of like the biggest that's that's like the biggest thing to me is like we're becoming numb to these type of situations, which isn't normal, you know. You should be able to go to the grocery store, you should be able to go to school, especially as a freaking kindergartner or as a, an elementary, you should be able to go to you know a supermarket, church, you know. So it's like it's crazy. And, it's like, like I said, my nephew just graduated kindergarten yesterday, or the same day that the shooting happened. And it's just like, you think about that, and it's just like, bro, like, my nephew is like my, like, I'm super close to him. So it's like, I just think about it, like, bro, like, if that was him, like, I'd be, you know, devastated. So I, I, my heart goes out to the families who, who lost their children. And this, this is, I don't know, it's like, it's, it's tough because, you know, you can't, it's, it's a lot of things that could happen to possibly make the situation better, but it's also not, you know, and it's like, it's, it's out of our control as, you know, uh, civil, civil, civil people. And I don't know. It's just tough, bro. It's tough. It's, it's it's sort of, yeah. The senators really have to put everything aside exactly. and stop just, you know, relying on getting paid by the NRA and start valuing people over guns, because that's the real issue. You could really, just like Steve Kerr said, you could really just be putting aside the differences, stop holding us all hostage here when 90% of the country, regardless of their political interests and background, want background checks. It, exactly. Something's got to happen here. Exactly. No, Kerr was speaking 100% facts, and that's why we post it. I usually don't, I usually don't repost stuff uh, like political stuff and stuff like that, religious stuff. I, don't, I, re, I usually don't do that, but I felt that was really something that, I sh- that needed to be, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's 100%, 100% right. Scary situation. It's not normal, but man, it's you know. Hopefully, things do get passed. But I want to get into your your album here, Heartbreak Diaries, too, because I know the first one changed your life because you went through a breakup at the time and you started rapping about some deep stuff, and yeah. that's what started to get you more notice out there. Did you go mm-hmm. through another heartbreak, or this was just an extension of what you did with the first one? Was there another heartbreak incident? Uh no, nah, it wasn't another heartbreak. And, um, with well, Heartbreak Diaries too, if you listen to the music, you know, close. It's not really just about 
the, the first one was more like mostly about a girl with a heartbreak. The second one is kind of more just about a lot of different type of heartbreaks you can go through. Um, it's like with a friend, you know, with a with a coach, with a teacher, with a anything, a girl too, you know. So I just wanted to put all of those things in a, in a in a diary, in a book, and put it out. And that's what that's really what Heartbreak Diaries Two is hitting on, just the different type of heartbreaks. So no, it wasn't it wasn't a, another heartbreak. It was just me sharing my stories from past relationships with people other than just girls, you know, my friends, you know, people I love, people I trusted. So that's what that was for sure. That's what makes you unique out here is that you're always yourself. You always say that in, in different interviews and just what you preach and you can hear it, it comes across in your music and heartbreak diaries too. just be yourself. Cause there's yeah. always someone trying to be like someone else out here. And, and you could tell that from your music. And I think that's why you've attracted people like Mike Boyd and Gary V. Gary V actually had you out to his office in LA which I did my research about. And I think that's what attracts you to so many people in the industry is that you are different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like, it's kind of like one of them things where being a creative, the stuff that, you know, goes crazy and, you know, that is super successful, it's, it's always different. When you first see it, it's always like, I never like clothing, for example, you, if you see some new stuff, you'd be like, I never wear that. Or it's like, that's like, that's weird. But then, you know, they keep pushing, they keep being themselves and they keep reinventing, they keep doing that. And then all of a sudden it's like a household name. So that's how I just feel like with my, with my creative aspect, everything is just always just be yourself, you know, because nobody can be me to the T, you know, I can be, I can't be you to the T. I can't be Gary V to the T. I can't, you know, it's, it's only one me. So it's just like, if you yourself, you know, it's like nobody can can say that you being like nobody else. You know what I'm saying? It's, if it's if it's real, if it's raw, if it's emotional, if it's happy, if it's fun, if it's sad, whatever it is, if, it, if it's you and you believe it and you stamp it, then, you know, you're going to win at the end of the day. Even if you don't be as big as whoever you look up to, if you being yourself and you treat yourself, you still win. Yeah. You still win. And I, and I believe that 100%. It's the individuality factor, and you've always had it. Even at the age of two, you won a talent contest with your cousin, and you're always freestyling. <laughs> oh, how you do that? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I w- we had a video of it, but I don't know where it is anymore. I wish I had it, but yeah, that was good times. I guess. Your father is a great guy. Shout out to him. He- he's actually your manager and, mm-hmm. you know, it was interesting just learning about the history, the relationship between you and your father, because you didn't want to tell your father that you were in the music because you thought he was going to tell you, oh, go into the gym, do some push-ups, or, or perhaps maybe you think that he doesn't think you have it in music. So what was it that made him a believer in when she heard your music and wanted to become your manager? Um, What made him believe in it was basically, I had, I had a few songs that I recorded, you know, that he didn't know about that I recorded and I, I sent it to him whenever I told him and he was like let me hear what you got so I sent him a few songs I had and you know my lyrics kind of like got him uh on the train and I had made a song for my brother who was in jail well he's not my actual brother but he's my cousin but his dad died before I was born so since I was born he'd been living with me so I call him my brother he's my brother and um I had wrote a song for him because you know that was like that was like my best friend I wrote a song he went to jail He's still in jail now. And, uh, I just wrote a song about him and our relationship and our past and me missing him. And it kind of touched his heart. And, you know, he was just like, all right, if we're going to do it, then we got to we gotta go full, full, a full steam ahead. And at first, um, at first he, my dad was managing me, but, you know, 
it wasn't kind of like a hundred percent. And then, you know, he was just like, you know what, fuck it. Like ain't nobody. Cause it's a lot, it's a lot of shady stuff that goes on in the, in the industry and a lot of shysta stuff that can happen to you. Yeah. And he was just like, bro, like I'm gonna have your best, you know, best interest at heart, you know, because you know, my dad's always been my, always been my best friend since basketball, whatever. He's always been that person who's gonna be honest with me, be real with me, take up for me, have my back. So it's, it's, it's made perfect sense, you know. And just been learning the game as we went, and it's been moving on up. That's all. He put you on to the game of hip hop, introduced you to Tupac when you were younger. Exactly. <laughs> Kanye West was a major influence as well. College Dropout. Yep, that's my favorite. That's one of my favorite albums. College Dropout. Tupac, favorite artist overall, you know, so, and that's all thanks to my dad, you know, on road trips, that's all he played in the car, and that's all I listened to, and, you know. Family business. Yeah, fam- <laughs> this nigga know everything, that's my, that's my favorite song off the album, bro, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but but with your father because he was also your trainer. But you you were playing basketball throughout your time in high school. You got D one offers in college, and and you, and you just weren't the type that you didn't like being in school. So you knew from a certain standpoint that it wasn't for you. Who were some of the D one offers that you were getting from these colleges? Uh, I had some uh, like Mary State, Belmont. I went from Rice in Houston. Um, for Temple, I want to say it was Temple. I think that's D1. That was about it. It was like it was like lower, small division. I mean, it was D1, but it was like small school. Yeah, it was cool, though. Was there ever a point, because the music journey is a grind, especially that's what Memphis taught you, is that you got to go out and get it, get everything for yourself. You're your own grind when you're in Memphis. Nothing's handed to you. Was there ever a point when you were going through the, the struggles early on, once finally getting the deal with Warner and getting yourself established and you were thinking to yourself, man, maybe I should have took one of those D1 offers. No, never. You were so adamant about not being in school. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I was just talking to my people yesterday because like, it's like, when I was in, when I was a senior in high school, it's, or even like throughout high school, like from like sophomore year to being a senior, I knew, I knew in my heart that I was going to be famous and successful at something. I didn't know. I knew it, but I knew it wasn't going to be basketball, and I knew I wasn't going to be going to college. I knew it. I, it was in my heart. I didn't know what it was going to be, though. I didn't know what rap, music wasn't even in my brain. It, to, I mean, I, I, music was in my brain, but to pursue music wasn't in my brain. So, but I knew I was going to be famous, I mean, successful and stuff. So, when I, by the time I got into my senior year, I had fell out of love with basketball, like, completely, like, I used to like just not like going to practice, but like playing the games. But it got to a point where I didn't even like playing the games anymore. Like, it was just, it was just not of my interest. And when I graduated, you know, and I, and I said music, everything just felt like new again. Like, it just felt like it felt like the first day I picked up a basketball, it was like home to me, for for me. So, man, throughout my whole journey, I knew I was gonna be, I knew I was gonna make it in music. One because my I knew my dad wasn't gonna let me fail. And two, it was just like, it, this was my passion, bro. This is what I, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is my, my divine timing right here. So, I just knew, I knew I was gonna make it in music. I didn't know how long. I didn't expect for it to be this quick, but I knew it was gonna bubble for sure. 
And it's you're getting there for sure, man. I think it, it's really starting to take off here, and I can't wait to really see it escalate. But just going through your journey because you really found your footing when your sister, because you went to the studio with your sister and you helped her write some lines for her songs, and she eventually, like a week or two later, she bought you some studio time. She left you alone in the studio, and you came up with the song "Lonely" because that was your first song. Yeah. Yeah. Eleven thousand streams. <laughs> That is true. And that song is nowhere to be found, so don't go search for it because I took it off everything. My voice, my voice wasn't where it wasn't what it is now. But that is true. That is true. My sister is really the reason I'm in this journey of music. And I can't uh, thanks to her, she she gave me the confidence to go do it. You know, she she was the one I always freestyled with, you know, when I was in the car or I always just like, you know, try to sing with because she she sings. So she was the one that, you know, gave me that confidence and, you know, forced my will with it. And here I am. So all thanks to her for sure. With a full 360 moment here, how does she feel about the growth now, which you're making your own moves and signing with mm-hmm. Warner? How does she feel about it? Um, She, I mean, from what I know, she's super happy for me. That's and, great. you know, the only thing I try to do back is show the same, just show love and, you know, continue to do what I did before I was making music, help her if she need me, you know what I'm saying? And just beat her, you know, so... But I'm pretty sure she's proud of me. Like, my sister is like my rock, so for sure. You're one of the artists out here that I, I enjoy the conversation we're having already, but just learning about is, is that you were really on your grind with passing out CDs because eventually you were handing out CDs to all these people in high school and just performing for other pep rallies and, and your school own school didn't accept you to the point where now, now that you're making it, this your peers are they that we're in high school with are now reaching out. But there was a kid who was your friend named Caleb, and that was your connection to Post Malone. And you mm-hmm. handed him the CD. And then I heard this story about you being at some girl's house and he came through looking for her sister or something. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden that this the, the girl that he was looking for and the house that you were at gave the music to Caleb, your music, and it got to Post Malone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he- you are spot on. I, I was yeah. I was out. I was out. It was it was 2016. I want to no 20, 2017. 20, I think it was twenty seventeen. Maybe. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Twenty eighteen. It was one of those years. Forgot. I forgot the exact year. But Post Malone had came to Memphis for um for uh, Memphis in May, and I was you know. I'm like, that's the perfect time to pass out flyers, music, people. So I'm passing out my uh, my CDs, and uh, I run into Caleb, and I give him one. And actually, I'm sorry, that's not what happened. I was at my homegirl's house, and I was in there with my, my man. who was just freestyling for a long time. And Caleb walked in, and he was looking for her friend. And I was just like, hey, bro, you want to rap with us? Like, joking. He was like, no, no, no. So the next day was when the show happened. And then I was passing out uh, CDs and I saw him down there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. And I, and I just spoke to him because I know I seen him in the, the day before. And then a couple of days later, the girl I was messing with at the time, she was like, you should give him your music because that's fucking long best friend. And she knew fucking long was my favorite artist. And so then I'm like, I'm not going to, I was, I wasn't going to do it because I'm like, everybody probably does that, you know, because it was known that Post Malone messes with him because they post pictures and everything. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. He probably, everybody probably do that. So she took it upon herself to do it, to do it herself. 
And it was like a week or two maybe before he kept, he like hit me back and was like, bro, I really like this music. You know, he hit me and then we, we just like built, built a relationship over the course of years. And one day he like called me like excited and was like, bro, Post Post really likes one of your songs. And it was by my side, one of the by my side song. He was like, Post really likes it. And he uh, Post wanted me to come to a show he had in Atlanta. So we, me and my brother like hopped in the car, drove up there, went to the show. I met Post. His security guard gave me like hell to get backstage. He was like not trying to let me in. And Post like came and like stopped him and was like, bro, like he good anywhere I'm at. And then shit, long story short, a couple of months went by. He invited me to the rest of the tour. And but this is before I was like, like making a, you know what I'm saying, name for myself. I had like probably like 10,000 followers. And he was just like, bro, I want you to come on tour with me and just like get the lifestyle of it and just see, you know what I'm saying, what you're gonna be doing in the future. And it was history from there. Yeah. Now, I think he broke the news to you when he invited you out to his Airbnb in L.A. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he, uh, yeah, we went and he had like four shows in L.A. And he just told me to stay with him. Like I was trying, I, was, I had an Airbnb, but he was like, just stay in my crib. I got a guest room. And I stayed there and shoot. I mean, I got kicked out the next day by, <laughs> by his manager because his manager didn't know what was going on. Yeah. His manager didn't know what was going on, so um, his manager didn't know what was going on, so he like kicked me out, thinking that I was just like crashing. But it was, it was cool. you know, we it was cool while it lasted. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Post Malone, a top influence for you, and Polo G, someone that you want to work with as well. Justin Bieber, I heard, was another influence of yours. Why Justin Bieber out of all the artists out there? Um. So, Post Malone and Justin Bieber are my favorite artists. Uh, Justin Bieber, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know why. He just makes good music. You know, I love his voice. I, you know, it, I don't know. It's just, because I want to be able to sing. Like, I can sing a little bit, but the way, and I, I'm, I'm like, I'm anti-school. I don't know. I don't know. That's, I, don't, I think that's why me and Gary Vee are so cool <laughs> because like I'm, I'm anti-school. Like I don't, like, I teach myself how to do everything. I tell myself how to record myself, how to make beats, how to, you know, sing. I just, I just taught myself how to sing. I taught myself how to play guitar, all everything. So it's like, when I, I like, when I listen to him, I caught myself just like singing all, all of his music and it taught me how to sing. So I don't know. He just became a super big influence into my, you know, I love the way he structured his song. I love his writing pattern. I love all of that. So, that's why I, I like Justin Bieber. Yeah, yeah he's like that swag with with because you can you can get some you can get some like pop music that sounds a little too poppy and you on like ah, it's like it's kind of like Disney Channel, but he he he's able to keep that swag within it and makes it you know feel right. So, but you're out there, you're grinding with your father. The first two years when you really started to hit the road here and getting your music out there. You were having trouble with the radios and the DJs because you were sending it to them and just there weren't any traction. There wasn't any traction there, especially with the promoters. Did you feel as though at the time that it may have been a Memphis thing? Because Memphis has a rich history of hip hop and it's been successful. You have successful artists that have come out of there. But do you think it was a Memphis issue at the time or do you think it was just they weren't feeling the music because eventually it picked up because you were just spamming them to the point where, like you've said before, it's like you hear that one song on the radio all the time. You're going to eventually start singing it. Nah, what we said was I spamming spamming the DJs. Oh no, no. If my, my question was, do you think it was a Memphis thing at the time, where just what was it that you feel as though that they just weren't 
picking up the music and playing it? Oh, it was, it was, it was because it was different. It was new. It was a different sound coming out of the city. And, you know, I, I respect it. You know, I didn't, I didn't take it in no personal way. You know, I, I knew that, you know, one day my truth would be the wave. And, you know, that's what's happening now. And, you know, I, I respect it. You know, it, it's, it's hard for a person to see something very new and just hop on it. You have, you have to be a, a special type of person to see something for what it, see something that's special and just hop on it. So I don't blame them. You know, it took, it took for the Gary V's, the Post Malone's, the, these people to co-sign or like say they mess with it for other people, you know, but that's, that's life, you know, and that happens. And we're here now where the, radio, the, the radios in my city are playing my music and I'm grateful and I, and I love it. And we're going to keep going up and we're going to keep showing support, you know, because that's what it's all about. I never, I never, I never ever intended for me to come into this music industry and think something was going to be handed to me. It was going to be easy, you know? So I, I love it. It probably was a Memphis thing. It probably wasn't. I don't know what it was. I, I do know. I think it was just because it was new and it was a new sound, a new type of music. And also, you know, I'm, I'm very spiritual. So I believe that it wasn't the right time as well. You know, I, I wasn't making the best music I could have been making or the music people really like. So, that's what, you know, that's what it is. It was all on God's time. Now, when you were watching, I'm going to assume that you did watch the Genius documentary. Did you watch it? Oh, uh, I watched like the, I watched like the first, I watched like the first, Um, I watched like the first, it was like, it was like parts, right? Yeah, it was like, there's three parts to it. So you watched yeah. the first part? I watched the first part. I didn't, I didn't finish it. No, I didn't finish it. Did you well, notice any resemblance in between you and Kanye early on? Because he really went through it. Yeah, and it gave me so much. Like I need to finish it because watching that really gave me a lot of like confidence. Or this just gave me a, a boost that I needed because it's a lot of the same people. Well, not gonna say a lot, but like some of the same people that was taking a chance with him, they're taking a chance with me now in 2020. Like I don't know if you saw like the guy G. Robinson. Mm-hmm. that was in there like his manager or whatever that's the same guy that got me to sign with that's the same guy that got me to sign with Warner that's like was had my back so it was like it gave me it gave me a lot of confidence I seen like you know like you said certain people didn't want to listen to his music because it was different same thing happened yeah it gave me a lot of like confidence on my my path to where I'm headed and yeah so I, I need to finish it because watching that first part I swear it motivated me a lot Speaking of documentaries, I, I think you're you're working on your own too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's all making sense in due time in here. Walk me through how you you eventually signing here to Warner because we know about the the struggle and how, how difficult it was for you to finally get radio play and make it. So walk me through signing with Warner. Um, you know, I dropped Feel Good, and then every label hit me. Every single yeah, TikTok label. was going crazy too. Mm-hmm. So when I when I was going through all the labels and I met Warner and I told you like G Robeson, um, I, I didn't know where I was going to go. I, I was trying to just figure it out. I wanted to find a home, you know, and I, I G Robeson had hit us and he was like, I want to fly out to Memphis right now and meet y'all. So he flew to Memphis, bro. And he stayed in the studio with us all day, just listening to music. And he was just, he, he was blown away. And we just was able to get a connection. And bro, like he, I don't know. It just felt, it felt like home. It felt like I was going to have a, a mentor with this shit. And I was like, yeah, Warner is the place. And um, I met with Aaron. I met with you know, some of the head people at the label. And it was just like, they saw my vision. You know what I'm saying? They knew they knew I wasn't there yet. 
which I love honesty. And they knew that, but they see my vision and they knew that I was one of them artists. I'm one of those artists that's gonna be like, you know what I'm saying? Like one of them them, them special ones. You feel what I'm saying? And it's like, that's what I've been wanting. I I I my whole time I've been wanting that. I've been wanting somebody who see my vision, because my vision is way bigger than right now. My shit is building a legacy for ever. You know what I'm saying? For my kids, kids, kids. And that's they see that. So that's for and I thought like that was the right fit for me. You you have a close relationship with Penny Hardaway, as people may know here, but you've known him since you were young because you were playing basketball against his team when you were younger. But you, I you for his, yeah, and, and I, play, I play I play I play for his team in sixth grade. It was my first time playing for another team other than my own my dad's team, and Penny was the first team I played for in sixth grade. So that was yeah, yeah the, the relationship go way back. Yeah, and he's eventually been very supportive of you because it's become so close. Where you call him uncle, he calls you nephew. He helped you out with the March Madness performance too. Yeah, uh, and that was big because a lot of people didn't want me to do it. A lot of people that was on his team, they didn't want me to be. They didn't want me. They felt like I wasn't ready. And he he stuck with my he stuck with his guns and was like, "This is my nephew. He's gonna do it." And he he can't do it. So that was big for me. What did, what was his reaction if you? Did have a talk with him once you did sign with Warner because it's now you're here and you're really proven. You know, I haven't even, I haven't really talked to him since I signed. Um, I haven't been, I haven't had a chance. You know, I, I moved out of town and you know he's been busy with the basketball stuff. So um, maybe when I go back home, I, I'll you know, chop it up with him whenever he has time. But he's been super busy, with, like trying to get the Tigers right. And you know, I know he's proud of me. You know, and I know he sees it. You know, I thought I'm the type of person you don't, you don't have to always you know hit me up for me to, you know, feel like you you fuck with me or you love me. You know, I know, I know it's love, you know, so whenever we get around to it, we'll have to talk and I'll see what's up. Yeah. He's always saw something new in basketball as well. And it just gave, gave you that knowledge early on and just, you know, be yourself and just keep going. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Mike Boyd was someone. How did you meet Mike Boyd? Was it through social media? It was through a mutual friend. It was through a mutual friend. Mutual friend that introduced us, and we just been going crazy from there. Yeah, open up the doors. My boy is my dog. That's the funniest man I know, probably. <laughs> he's so funny, but nah, I love my boy, bro. He's that's a great man, great great man. Got you that Zaytoven connection too. Mike's did a lot for me that people don't understand. He's done, he's done a lot for me. You know, Zaytoven was a small. It's a small, it's a big thing, but it's like one. This is one of the many things he's done, you know. So, how does Zaytoven feel about your sound? Because I know when you were wanting to meet him and work with him, you wanted to bring your sound to what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he he loved the song, you know. He he was vibing with the music. Um, yeah, I, I haven't really talked to him much after we did the studio session, but you know, from what what was said in the studio, you know, it was it was all love. So. Yeah, big basketball guy. You made the John Morant record. I know people have asked you this before. Has he heard the record? Any update on that yet? Nah, I don't, I don't know. I took the record down, actually. Um, and I, I really don't know. I never even met him. I never talked to him before. Hopefully I will one day. Um, you know, he's uh, it's probably one of my top players in the league right now. He's going, going crazy for the city. Yeah, he's, he's a one-man show. Yeah, exactly. He really exactly. is, but... You got some writing credits on there too because I I did do my research. You wrote for Meek Mill on Expensive Pain. Exactly. Uh, yeah, we went. We, the song I wrote was actually the only song I think on that album, or maybe it wasn't. But it was one. It went like top five on 
Apple Music charts. So it was cool to see. Major writing credits. Is that something that you would possibly just take in further here as being a, a ghostwriter? I wouldn't even call it a ghostwriter, but a songwriter. Is that something that you would interest you further down the line? Taking that yeah, position? Yeah, um, and you know, I've wrote, I've written for a lot of other artists' songs that haven't been released yet, and they will be, and you'll see my name in those credits. And I, I like doing that type of stuff. I, I'm, I got a gift at it, so why not? Um, I wrote for a lot of other big artists too, so we'll see. You'll you'll hear, hear about those in the near future. It, will there come a time when those those songs that you write and and if they become hits, will you ever just regret it and be like, man, that could have been a hit for myself? Or you're just good with it, just writing the song and it letting it become what it, what it is. Yeah, I'm good with that. I'm, you know, I'm I'm super introverted, and I, I'd rather be the person who make the money instead of you know. All the, I like going out with my friends to the movies and I eat and not you know. It's cool. You no, know, I, I love it when my when my people who like who support me come to me and be like, oh, I'll take a picture, da da. But I just like the fact of being having being comfortable with just going out with my people and doing whatever we want and not having to like hide or have a whole lot of security. You know, I like that feeling, and um, I feel like one day we'll get to a point where I won't have that luxury but you know it is what it is it's what i chose to do and i'm grateful for every single person that loves that listens to me and relates to me yeah spare me the pain it was that was a deep song that you wrote and it was inspired by the joker because that's your favorite movie mm-hmm. and you feel as though that you were reflected on just how he felt as an outcast yeah yeah I, um i just the movie I love it so much. It's like it, it it really it really opens up the eyes of you know. It's just like bro, like you should really treat people, everybody with respect and just treat everybody good because like you never know who, what, and when or what like when when they will be on top. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like when they're on top, you're gonna wanna you're gonna want help and you're gonna wish that you weren't a bad person to that person because th- at that point it'll be too late. You know, at that when, when a person is straight up and they, and they at their breaking point, it's too late to say, Oh my bad, bro. I should have been nice. No, nah, it's too late. And that movie kind of, that's where it struck me. At, and I feel that same way because I had people who treated me like shit before I became Fresco Trey or treat or, or just looked over me before I became Fresco Trey. And I feel the same way he felt. But only thing about it, me different is that I've, when I went through that phase of being an outcast and being fucked over, I took that time to become in love with myself and in love with the process and in love with the grind. So now that the tables have turned, I don't have it. I don't have any, any, any revenge in my heart. I don't have any get back in my heart. I just have love in my heart because like I said, I'm spiritual and I study that. So like, that's the only difference between me and the Joker is that I don't want to go and kill people and make the whole world who feel my way go kill. People. I want to, I want to share my share what I went through, but I also want people to know it's okay to love. That's why I always say, if we show more love than we do hate, the world would be great. Because I really believe it. You know what I'm saying? And that's I don't know. That's just I love that movie so much because it's just, it's just bro. It just it just shows the truth, bro. It's, it's it's the hidden truth of what actually goes on and people don't realize it. They just they're just assholes for no reason. Can't tell you why they assholes that just do it because whatever. But yeah. especially in the age of social media, but there will be no moray moments from Fresco Trey. <laughs> Number what? No moray moments. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No more. No yeah. None of those. <laughs> None of those. Uh, you think Joaquin Phoenix had a better performance than Heath Ledger? 
Yes. The Joker? Really? Oh, that's a hot take. Yes. I, I, I love Joaquin Phoenix. One. I, and I watched all the Jokers, you know. I watched them all. I just, I don't know. I don't know. He just, he gave me chills. He gave me chills. And, you know, I still go back and watch Heath Ledger. I still go back and watch it because I just like the Joker as much. But, and he played really good now that we think about it. He played it really, really, really well. But I just think my boy Phoenix, he just, he did something for, he did something for me. Yeah, no, I can understand that, especially with the record and, you know, you just doing great things out here. But, you know, it's going to continue with what you're doing out here with your music. But how is it working with Vori? Vori? Yeah. Oh, Vori. I mean, I, I didn't actually get in the studio with him, but me and him talk often or, we, you know, what I'm saying we communicate and very super cool, super humble person. Um, He just wants to see everybody win. And that's what I can respect it from the same way. So. Big ups to him. Uh, he got a project coming out soon. It's going to be crazy. I'm on it. So it'll be fire. You've even mentioned before, just in music in general, that it's always the same topics, but you have to bring the the fresh and what's new to those topics when once you're making new songs. What's a topic you feel as though that you've brought to the genre of hip-hop and just music? Could you consider yourself as an artist, but what's a topic you think you bring in your music that's never been expressed before or not is not expressed as often? I don't, I don't, I wouldn't even say I bring a new one, you know, because uh, music is a revolving door, you know, mm-hmm. everything is, everything that's been talked about has been talked about, everything that's been done has been done, it's just like you said, it's, it's, only thing I can say is that I, I'm, I feel like I'm one of the more open ones about what I go through, sometimes, you know, a lot of people try to like, they talk about it, but they go around it, they, put, they use metaphors, I actually just say what it is, you know, and um, not saying I'm the only one that does it, I just, I'm one of the ones who do it, who, who does it. And um, I think that's what it. I think that's what does it for me. It's just that I don't like. If I got cheated on, I'm gonna say, "Yeah, you cheated on me, bitch." And now I'm, I'm sad, you know, because it's true. I'm sad about it. A lot of people will say, "Oh, you fucked me over." Now I'm heartless. True too, but you're still sad about that, you know. Before you become heartless, and that's that's my take on it. It's everything. I took a, I actually took a writing class, and that's one thing I learned, and I think it's stuck with me. It's just music is a, a revolving door. You just gotta put your new door handles on it. And, make it a little different so. and you got that for sure but your fan base because your your manager was telling me that you have a huge college following college yeah college fan base yeah yeah yeah. the, the college the college crowd they they, they rock with me I rock with them yeah. yeah i didn't really i didn't know at first and i did a show in austin texas at a frat and it was crazy like i i mean i thought they were, i mean i knew they were gonna I knew some people was going to know my music, but it was like everybody there knew my music. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. So that's wild. Yeah. yeah and even, you even had a fan and it was touching just hearing about it and just telling him that you helped them. He actually came, came up to you crying because you helped him. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was wild. That was wild. Yeah. Your fans, they're dedicated and loyal. They're, they're growing. I'll tell you that. You know, yeah. And the thing about it is, my my success has been slow and steady, which I love. And my fans are just so freaking crazy about me, which I love. And I hate to say fans because it's like, it makes me feel like I'm above them. And, you know, I call them my best friends because it's, it's like, that's what I feel like. I feel like anybody who loves my music, they relate to me in a way. So if you relate to me in a way, then we've got the same type of type of story. And that makes us besties, you know. So um, I just I just love the fact that, you know, they're so crazy about me. Like, I don't have the, the most fan or the most like people supporting me or the most followers or whatnot. But the ones that do, they're crazy about me, you know. And they want to, they want to support. They want to buy merch. They want to come to the shows. They want to 
scream fresco wherever they go. And I love it. You know, I love it for real, for real. And I try to, any any person I come in contact with that likes my music, I try to give them the time that they deserve when talking to me because you never know, bro. You know, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm no God. I'm no, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm, I don't stand above a pedestal above you. We're the same. So you know, I, I just like, I want people to understand that, that you know, I'm, I'm a person, I'm human. They get from fun facts is that you like to roller skate. Maybe if there's an ATL part two, they can put you in it. Fact, right, right. Wait, wait, you said in the song facts, I said that. No, no, no. I, I was just saying because I did my research on you. I know you like to roller skate, but if they do an ATL movie part two, a, a sequel to that, they got to put you in that since your interest is roller skating. Yeah, roller skating. I love doing that. I was supposed to go last night, but I didn't go. I was tired, but I love roller skating. That's my yeah. shit. How's the I driving? Power just to go do it, huh? How's the How's the driving going? I heard that apparently when you were younger, you crashed two cars within two weeks. It was like a month. Now it wasn't two it wasn't weeks. Was like, the first one I didn't do. The first one I got hit from the back, and the second time, yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> the second one that was, that was me. And it was my dad. Like he had just got that new car too, and I had drove it right up the street. And yeah, that was that was bad. I could have. I ain't gonna lie. That was that was like a dangerous wreck for me too. I could have like been fucked off. Wow. But yeah. I'm blessed. Thank God you weren't. What are some words that have resonated with you besides keep going? Because we hear those words all the time. What have been the words that that someone has said to you? It could be from your father. It can be from an artist in the game. Just anyone that you've spoken to that have resonated with you to this day and just makes sense when it's full 360 and moving forward with your career and where you're at two, now. Two things. Somebody told me, don't worry about numbers. Just put out, put out shit. And that, that stuck with me. And the second thing was when you on your journey of trying to gain fans with this shit, cater to the fan, cater, cater to the people that already love you and more people are going to come because they're going to see they love you. They're going to see their support. And they're going to come. Don't, don't, don't live your, don't go about your career trying to impress everybody else and get them to love you. Focus on the people that already love you and, cater to them and make sure they're good because they're the ones who support you. They buying your shit. Everybody else, they ain't doing it. The people who are supporting, make sure they feel welcome and loved. And then they're going to be spreading it. And everybody else is going to come eventually. But once, if you're not, if you're not showing love to people who support you, then you neglect the number for people who may support you, may not support you. They may support you 50%, but it's people who die, like die hard fans, like you gotta, you gotta cater to them. bro. And then everybody is going to see that. They're going to see how, how good they're rocking with you. Yeah, everybody gonna come along, and it's just, and that that stuck out with me for sure, for sure. How's the tour with Mike Stud? All right, love Mike, love Mike. It was fire. He goes crazy. We're coming in here to the closing, man. Anything else that we didn't talk about in this interview that you want to mention to your fans, upcoming performances, upcoming work? I know we live in the age of, you know, you got to get the music out there as quick as possible. Keep going, releasing stuff. Heartbreak Diaries too. We should digest this for a while. But what's on the way from you? Um, I got a single about to drop in about about a week or two. Got a, got a, some some fire on drop. And you know, aside from that, man, I just you know I just want to say to everybody who, who watches this, who sees this later on in life or whatever, just to you know, put your front foot forward and go at whatever which whatever you do. And I know it's cliche, everybody say that, but I really want people to understand that 
you have to believe in yourself because once you do, everybody else is gonna be forced to. You know what I'm saying? It's easy for people to tell you not to do this, not to do that. It's easy for that. But once, if you believe in yourself, they have no choice but to stand behind, either stand behind you and believe you or get out the way. And if they get out the way, then they were they weren't meant to be there. You know what I'm saying? So I just want people to know just, bro, just keep chasing, keep going, keep keep persevering, keep weathering the storm, whatever the storm might be. And I know, you know, my problems aren't the biggest, but whatever you're going through, just it gets it gets better. You know, life is up and down. You know, you just gotta stay grounded, stay focused, stay confident, stay calm, and stay ready. Because you never know when that time is gonna be there. And like I said earlier, if you show more love than you do hate, the world for sure gonna be great. Definitely. That's right. Like Tupac, through every dark night, there's a brighter day. Exactly. Exactly. You already know. Sorry. Fresco Trey, I wanna thank you for coming on the show here tonight, man. I enjoyed speaking with you and just learning about your history and you know, listening to Heartbreak Diaries too and just learning about your entire journey. Keep it going. Big things are on the way here. It's only the beginning, and we're already exactly. seeing the work that you're putting in. Big things are on the way from you. They can follow you on Instagram and Twitter at Fresco Trey. And, yeah, yeah man, thanks again for coming on the show. Shout-out to Coach Sam for setting this up. And anytime you need any promo, man, anytime you want to come back on the show, you're always going to have a spot here. For sure, bro. I appreciate that. Much love. Uh, I respect that. And shit, whenever, bro, I'm, I'm down. I appreciate you taking time to interview me. That means, that means the world to me. I appreciate sure. it, man. Enjoy the rest of your night. Take care, stay safe, and go make those hits later when you get to that studio you. session. <laughs> Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Much love. Much love, man. Peace out. All right.